You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. Hello, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to preface with a little trigger warning. Um, In today's episode, we go into topics such as food restriction, um, disordered eating, disordered eating behaviors. And so if that's something that could trigger you to react in a negative way, then I would encourage you to not continue listening to the rest of the episode. Um, If it's something that might encourage you to um, live in a healthier and more freeing way, free from shame and free from these um, rules, then I would encourage you to keep listening because there's a lot of good pieces of truth um, in this episode. All right, with that, I'll get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 36 of Heart and Soul. I'm joined in person today by my sweet friend, Callan Wall. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Callan is, um, actually we met for coffee, what was that, like three or four months ago now? Four, five, maybe even longer. Yeah, what is time? But we met for coffee because you were, you listened to Heart and Soul. I listened to your, I listened to Heart and Soul like ever since the birth of Heart and Soul. Oh. three years, like three three years probably. Oh my gosh, that's Um, so exciting. I was actually like one of your reviews of the week or reviews of the month did we read it you read it yes we um, haven't like gotten our if you want to leave a review by the way like leave a review because <laughs> it's I'll like another one. i think it was like january 2020 it was like our probably me. Review. <laughs> um but yeah so we met for coffee and she was sharing with me all these new and exciting adventures that she's about to take in her dietitian world um so she is a dietitian and we're going to kind of discuss her um, entry into entrepreneurship and also um, how her, I guess, values around food are morally and sound, like just sound and like they just match like how our bodies are designed and how a lot of dietitians or just like medical professionals in general haven't like caught up to that. So you're gonna love this conversation. So glad you're here. Thanks for thanks for hanging. Thanks for having me. And it's been a week, y'all. So <laughs> if I just like stutter or the brain's gone, my brain is gone. In fact, we were just talking. Well, this is coming out like in September, but right now it's July. <laughs> so <laughs> so who knows? So past Catherine was super anxious this week because a lot of stuff went down with my business. That is not fun. And I am like running on empty as far as sleep goes. And I was just talking to Callan about how I um, like forgot to eat the other day because I was so stressed. And I haven't done that in so long because ever since like I started healing from my eating disorder, I like really am so passionate about like even if you're not necessarily super hungry, at least getting nutrients in your body because of how for how many years I starved my body of that. So I was just telling her, you know, I was so, I was so anxious that like by the end of the day, it was like dinner time and I realized I'd only eaten a protein bar and an apple. And I was like, what the heck? Um, and she was just talking to me about like hunger cues and I wouldn't mind, would you mind like 
yeah. diving into that. Sure. <laughs> Since we that. were just talking about it. Yeah. Like right now? Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. So I guess like to kind of explain hunger in general, everybody experiences hunger differently. And like most people think that they have to be like absolutely starving. Like most of my clients think that they have to be absolutely starving in order for it to like warrant them to be allowed to eat. Mm -hmm. When really I usually will recommend trying to eat at the body's first signs of hunger. So that's just like a self-care thing, right? So like... For, for you, it could be different than like me or my husband or your husband. So like for me, I start to notice that like it might not even be my stomach physically growling. Like at that point, that's too late for me. Mm-hmm. But so like if, we, if I were to break it down, it could be like, oh, I have a headache, have um, like brain cloud, not able to think yeah. clearly, really, really irritable. That's, that's one the hangry, hangry. And like, <laughs> that's real. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, self-care, eating ahead of time if you know you're going to be, whatever, having to, like, present something or work with clients. Like, eating ahead of time even if you're not hungry. That's a self-care thing for your client and for you. Um, So, like, headache. um, What was the last one I said? Brain cloud. Brain cloud. Um, And then uh, hangry. Hangry. Um, <laughs> stomach like, growling. Speaking of brain cloud, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. like, eh. <laughs> Hungry. Yeah. Um, and then even just like having thoughts of food pop in your mind. So like I have a client who we're working on noticing her hunger cues right now. And we are physically like setting alarms on her phone to try to remind her to eat. Mm. So that she can wake up her hunger cues. Because she's never been in touch. She's so She's 77 years old. And she's had like literally 60 years of like a history of dieting so that can totally take you out of touch with your body's own cues and so for her we're having to like wake up her hunger cues and she was actually just emailed me this week and was like gosh it's been like four hours since I ate breakfast my alarm went off but I'm not feeling hungry like should I still be eating um and my answer to her was honestly yeah yeah you need to like retrain your body retrain your body and it feels really like scary especially if you're used to restriction mm-hmm. um and so it's yeah it's, it's an interesting like I don't know thing to navigate if you're if you've never tuned in to your hunger cues before and actually like honored them because mm-hmm. so many people are used to trying to like mask their hunger cues like oh I'm gonna chew gum I'm gonna drink water I'm yes gonna... I did all those things yeah oh I've done those things yeah um, and so many of my clients have done those things, even like patients that I work with in the heart center. Um, and the thing is when I did that, when I would like just pop a piece of gum or drink a bottle of water, I, my mind was so crowded and anxious thinking about food. Yes. You know, like I, I, it wasn't like peaceful. I wasn't like, okay, now I'm like good. I'm full. I was just thinking more about food. And then getting, yes. and then getting irritable and getting shame, like feeling ashamed. For feeling hungry. For feeling still. hungry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, it's crazy. And I'm sure after like, I mean, a 77 year old client after 60 years of dieting, like I'm really grateful that we're in this generation because I feel like we're just waking up to, um, like I, I just feel like people are a lot more vocal on anti-diet mm-hmm. on intuitive eating on 
listening to your body, Mm -hmm. moving for enjoyment instead of punishment. And those are like brand new terms. Like even in 2000, and we had a guest on recently who was saying like the first time she ever saw like body positivity for women was like in a Dove campaign in 2012. And it was like crazy. Honestly, like it was like, I've been a dietitian for six years and I even just within the last like year and a half have only started to like dive, take a major deep dive into this whole realm. Like I didn't even know about it Yeah, to be honest with you. And like, I think just to speak to that, like, and this is something that I like wanted to share anyways, but like surrounding yourself, like who you, what you consume matters and yes. like curating your social media feed and like. So right now, like you and I follow so many body positive accounts or like anti-diet movement, like movement for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like it is loud and well known. But if you actually, like whenever I actually talk to people, even just in the community about that, it sounds like so foreign It's to still them. so, it's like another language like because another language. they're being filled and seen on their feeds what I used to see of like yes. drink 10 days to lose 10 pounds yes. or um, take this pill and you'll, you know, lose all your bloat or you'll yes. lose weight this fast. Or, I mean, those are the, even sometimes I catch myself because when I was on, when I was like in the thick of my restriction, I, Pinterest was like my thing. Yeah. And I really don't get on Pinterest as much anymore. But recently, since we've like started decorating our nursery and like yeah. looking for baby stuff, I've gotten back on Pinterest. And my Pinterest still has, based off what I followed back in 2013 when I was like really into it, yeah. lose this amount of weight and yeah. this and this amount, of, eat only fruits and vegetables for this day, eat um, this for this day, like a 10 day Ooh, military no. cleanse. Yeah. Military cleanse is everywhere. The, cab- the cabbage soup. Cabbage okay. soup. And I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, this used to be everything that I consumed and I used to fall for it. Yes. I would see it and do it. Absolutely. The cabbage soup did it. Same. Honestly, like that Kardashian pill thing that everyone took that they took like in 2010 did it. Oh, I've like we can even get into all that stuff too. But like, I was even thinking like before coming on this podcast today just about like because I know one of the topics probably we would get to would be just like my own yeah history with oh we gonna my, get like, into body it. image and food and all that stuff and just like. I don't know that I've actually ever even before this past year and like di- taking a deep dive into this whole like anti-diet stuff that I'm so passionate about now. Like I've never actually reflected and admitted to myself my own disordered eating. Yeah. Especially like as a dietitian, you know. Yeah. And, and you know what? And I want you to share your story. But even now, like I, I people know based off if they follow me, they know that I've had disordered eating or just eating disorders. And I still block out. Like the Pinterest thing, I blocked out. Yeah. And, and then it kind of resurfaces. And then it resurfaces yeah. and you you start to remember like old patterns you used to have or things you used to fall into and you get ashamed all over again. Yeah. Cuz you're like, "What? I can't believe I did that. Oh my gosh." Like Yeah. I'm so like easily swayed or you know and but you kind of block it out you block it out but then like you can realize where you are now oh my gosh like, yeah oh I can easily like sorry unfollow or unpin or whatever mm-hmm. block that out but yeah I was just thinking about that and how like I only just recently like opened up about like after reflecting like 
to my own husband about that. Like never really even like admitted to myself that I a thousand percent came from a place of disorder like of disorder. Alright, go into it. Yeah. What's your story, dude? Girl. <laughs> so basically I was grew up in a family that was extremely like sports centered. So it's kind of funny, but my mom taught um, step aerobics and my dad taught funk aerobics. Funk? Which is hilarious. Is it like funk music? I don't even really know because it was like when I was very, very small, like very little, but they were, but they've both just been like very like huge into exercise and like wanting to be healthy and Mm -hmm. things like that. And my older brother and I, it's kind of like we have our little family that we grew up together with and then like our parents had like late later in life babies mm-hmm. so my older brother and I oh I forgot that about you you yeah. have like really young siblings right yeah I have a brother who's 16 years younger than yeah me. So, like, my that's mom crazy at 46 which is crazy but um and we have the same parents but um yeah I I basically had, was a soccer player my whole life like played collegiate soccer and was and did cheerleading and like as I was reflecting on my relationship with food just during the like that period of my life it was almost like I had convinced myself my whole life that I was um my behaviors were for performance and my behaviors were oh I'm so in tune with how food makes me feel as a as a soccer player and how it makes me perform when really and, and maybe it was like partly that but I mean there was definitely like a huge part of it that was like to manipulate my body yeah size. like below this like subconsciously almost subconsciously but like almost like with my own self like go- I would be googling stuff all the time mm-hmm. and like I don't want to like say anything triggering for people on the podcast but like definitely had like similar Pinterest boards that were like inspiration to me to like shrink my body mm-hmm. for sure um and the problem with that though is that I was like my whole life constantly praised for my like health behaviors mm-hmm. so people looked at what I did and were like they would be like oh you're so healthy you have such good discipline around exercise like I would literally wake up before high school and go swim at like lifetime fitness and then go and have cheerleading practice and it was we were like super competitive cheerleading yeah. school and then go straight to soccer practice oh my gosh and pe- like i was being like looked at as hey this is like you're so disciplined disciplined yeah. and like that's so like healthy of you and like just yeah kind of i think what f- like fueled my desire to even become a dietitian was like oh well, i've always been interested in nutrition like let me just figure out like the best way to eat for myself really to like yeah it almost becomes like like i chose this career not necessarily to like and this isn't true of you but like some like some people do this with fitness like i became a trainer not necessarily to like help other people get strong or healthy but because i want to find tricks to like make myself stay smaller yes that and i that was a lot of what i yeah. think my but i don't know that i was like I truly knew that that's like that was my main goal it was definitely like an underlying part yeah. of it but it was also like oh I can learn the best way to do it so that I can teach others how to do it when really it's like 
let me learn all the disordered things so that I can teach others to be disordered yeah. without knowing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's probably super common in extremely that field. Extremely common. Yes. It's extremely... Just like, like it's common in fitness. Yes. It's like, how do I get the perfect body? How, how do I get the perfect diet? What is the perfect way to eat? Yeah. There's no perfect way to eat. <laughs> that's the thing. So when you're like getting... Um, when you're in school for new, you went to school for nutrition mm-hmm. and then you have to take like a test for a dietitian. Yeah. I don't know the process. No, yeah. So you, <laughs> you have to go to, you have to go to like an accredited university, okay. get your degree, and then you have to do, there's different ways to do it, but the way that I did it is you have, is I had to get a, go through a dietetic internship, which is basically okay. like, like a dietetic residency mm-hmm. for a year. So mine was like a combination of like, classwork and field work so you do like there's like a food service rotation which like I just totally was not interested in but it was fun because mine was in the prison system in Raleigh um so you're just learning like interesting yeah it was really interesting but I didn't even know they had dietitians in prison but they do and I was like don't um, they just eat like salami and, and stuff like, like what, what you <laughs> yeah. see on the Swap. tv yeah on tv like, that show um orange, orange is new black, black. yeah <laughs> but so like there's food service, there's community rotation where basically you're out in like gyms or like mine was in a um, health department and then there's clinical which is like the big scary one that's like a three month long thing in a hospital setting. Okay. So you do that and then you take your RD it's exam. It's a lot. It's a lot and it's like so broad and then the RD exam is so broad. So it's basically like what it? how do you repair a refrigerator not really but it, but it is it's like how do you store um, food correctly in the refrigerator what are the correct temperatures to prevent this specific foodborne illness I would fail oh and then it'll be like what's the correct like serum potassium level for this patient who just had his double knee amputation or something like that like it was so broad where I walked out of that being like so I'm just like allowed to be a dietitian now that I like like what did they even just test my knowledge on yeah yeah. I hate standardized testing. This is like total a total side note, but I'm like, I'm just gonna toot my own horn. I'm a pretty smart person. I, I believe it. Yeah, too. and I'm like really studious. I was really studious, and I was a good studier. Yeah. But tests mm. that are standardized, I suck at. And confession for all of you listening, I had to take the personal training certification three times. Honestly, that doesn't surprise me. Because... Not because of you, but like just because no, of how much... They trick you. They trick it's you. Like it's like so... Anxious. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hate it. And you sit in that room for like two hours mm-hmm. and you're just like... And you're and it's like, what's the textbook answer? But then it's like, but what would what I do? do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, well, I would actually do this. Yeah, exactly. The textbook answer. Like, they want the textbook answer that you probably wouldn't do. Exactly. Okay, so when you're in school and you're about to, like, become a licensed dietitian, were you still stuck in, like, those old behaviors of... Absolutely. Okay. I was... It was almost like... And even, like, my early... So I, I got a job, like, right outside of passing my RD exam. I already had one lined up, and it was here in Wilmington at a private practice. And, like... So I was there for about two and a half years and I was, the, the information I was teaching was almost like my religion. Like I, like I had to be doing everything exactly the same as what I would tell my patients to do. Mm-hmm. And it was basically teaching people how to develop disordered eating habits, like track every single thing that you're eating, 
um, have this many servants, measure all your food, like, oh, you, you're coming back to me and it's not working, well, maybe you had, I don't want to say anything triggering, but maybe you had too much of this, and we would, like, make small tweaks, and I just constantly was like, I am so freaking burned out of this, like, this is not working, people are frustrated with me, they feel like I'm supposed to have, like, all the answers for them, and I was also engaging in those same behaviors myself, almost, like, feeling like I need to practice what Mm -hmm. I'm preaching. Yeah, in order to, like, do this, I need to do it. And then I like totally quit being a dietitian for a year and like moved away to California and taught snowboarding with my like now husband because I was like, I don't want to, I can't do this anymore. Like I like mentally cannot do this. It was like burnt, it burned you out. It burned me out. And I just was like, what is true? I don't think that I'm like made for this anymore because I remember this one specific like instance where I was counseling a client or a patient at the, at that private practice and it was like we would give meal plans which I don't ever give meal plans now unless it's like I'm I'm making up something with a client Mm -hmm. to help them like facilitate their hunger cues or like keep them on a structure um in a way that's like like nourishing to them not like restrictive right but I just remember this one time there was this patient sitting in front of me and I was like giving the example off of her meal plan that was like Okay, I think it was we were talking about bagels or something, and she was like so furious and like literally was yelling at me and was like, "I don't even eat bagels. I don't even like bagels." And that was a moment where I was just like, "Something is wrong with yeah. this setting." Like it's like I'm telling people what to eat because that's what I think they want and that's what they think they want, when really they don't want that. Mm. Like I don't need to be telling people what to eat, and that's that I think was like a flip of the switch moment. It planted the seed for yeah. sure. I mean, that was where I was like, I don't think I'm meant to do this. Like, So you leave dietitian life and you go and coach snowboarding. No big deal. No big deal. And then you come back. Come back. Go back to the same private practice I was working in. So what, what in you was like, okay, I'm ready to go back? We really missed home. And yeah. I was also, I kind of missed just like using what I had learned in school um, I don't know. I we, we missed home. It was a safe job to go back to because I knew that, like, I left on really good terms with that private practice. Right. Um, but I still knew, like, in my, like, soul that I didn't want to be doing that specific work anymore, like, just strictly nutrition counseling, which it's funny because I still do that, but... Um, in a different way, though. In a different way, in a much different way. But I only went back part-time. Like, I was like, I'm not willing to go back full-time. My brain can't handle it. Um, so I stayed there for, I think, another, like, five months until I switched to where I currently am besides my private practice. Um, Which we're going to get into. Yeah. So when did the shift for you, like, as a dietitian happen where you real? I know you said you had that, like, aha moment about the bagels. Yeah. But where did it happen where you're like, I'm not going to teach what they tell me to teach or I don't believe, I'm convicted by this. Yes. So basically, it was during COVID. So like not that long. Not ago. long, yeah. Um, work really slowed down. Like I work at a cardiac rehab here in Wilmington, and our roles really changed because we weren't having patients come in. So I had so much like almost like free time at work. To I think we talked about this when we got coffee, mm-hmm. but like so so I, to kind of go back a little bit. 
I used to follow this dietitian, or I discovered this dietitian. Her name, her company is like Find Food Freedom, mm-hmm. and her name's Sammy Previtt or something. Um, and she used to do this thing on Instagram called F Diet Culture Friday. Have you yeah. seen it? No, but I need to okay. follow her. It, it was like the first exposure that I had to like just a totally different philosophy within the nutrition world. And I was like, this is actually really funny because this, this girl is like putting herself in these hilarious characters as if she is about to follow these like fad diets and then would explain the science behind why it's not, why it'd be harmful to like, mm. So she would like pick a diet like keto and be like, yes. this is harmful because. Yeah, but she would be, Interesting. she would do it in like a lighthearted, like make fun of way, but, but tasteful. Yeah. Um, cool. And so I was like, huh, this is so interesting. I think my cousin actually like knows her and like reposted something of her. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is a dietitian. Let me follow her. And then that just like totally like rocked my world where I was like, huh, okay, let me learn more about this. And then I started listening to her podcast, which is called like what the actual fork podcast or she just, I think I have heard of this. They used to what be called the, drunk dietitians. I think I have heard of this. So I started listening to that. Like, but I haven't listened. I just know. I know. You've heard of it. I've seen the handle or I've seen the. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you have. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I was like, okay, what is this whole like anti diet thing? What is this whole like health at every size thing? And then that was the turning point where I was like, oh my gosh, like, what? I, I feel like everything I learned in school. I truly need to unlearn because I feel completely and a thousand percent in alignment with this whole movement. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense to me, like with the way that my interactions were with my, my previous patients and clients and like even the patients I still work with at cardiac rehab. Yeah. Yeah. So that was during COVID. That was like last year. That was like last year. It was, well, was it last? Well, it's 2021 right now. When did, okay, did COVID <laughs> start in March yeah. last year? So yeah, it was literally like it's been a year and change. And I have completely taken an entire 180 with my entire nutrition philosophy. You sure have. And like I cannot and will not ever go back to the way that I used to do things. Like I... There's no way. It's like you've seen the light and you can't go back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And and tell our listeners what you've done since then in starting your own. Yeah. So with that whole like downtime at work thing, I spent downtime at work. You know, (laughs) just like started another job. (laughs) No, we Google how to start a private practice um, because that was the only way out for me. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't anybody else in town who was offering this sort of nutrition counseling to people um so I was like well I guess I just got to do it myself um so now I do virtual nutrition counseling and it started off virtual because of COVID and I was already kind of like calling patients myself at cardiac rehab on the phone and I was like if I'm doing it for someone else like why not do this for myself but the thing about doing it for myself is that when I'm at work and I like love that place so much and like will always hold a special place in my heart but it's rooted in diet culture yeah. like it's the medical community and there's not everybody that I work with is has the same view that I do so it's almost like I'm swimming upstream 
when I'm working there because I will get consults for, and I can like explain more about what my philosophy is and like what I do, but I get consults for weight loss all the time Mm -hmm. where people come into cardiac rehab and their goal throughout their 12 week program is to lose weight. Yeah. But you're here because your heart health. Yeah. Like, well, how does that, how does your weight have to do anything with your heart health? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really, really hard for me because I still get those consults and I like, I'm trying to infuse this new philosophy that I'm like teaching myself basically and getting like all the training in, infuse it into this like total weight centric facility and weight centric meaning still under the mindset and philosophy that like your weight equals your health where like research shows that it does not. Yeah. And that's what makes it really hard where I'm like, okay, like I have to, I need this other outlet and I have to like work my way towards solely doing that. Yeah. I can kind, I can't relate to it on like a heart level, but I can kind of relate to that in my industry where I'll like, I'll have a assessment, like a, like a free personal training assessment. Yeah. And the person, I always ask them like, what are your goals? Like what's, um, what's your lifestyle like? Like, what are you looking to like, how are you looking to improve your mental health through movement? And, and goals are always lose weight, Mm -hmm. lose weight. I want to, and they'll pinch the skin. Like I want to lose this right here and like pinch their stomach or, and I can relate to that in a sense because I used to be that and I used to do the Mm -hmm. same stuff. But it's hard to, it's hard when you've been there and you like know how painful that is to communicate in like a non-judgmental way mm-hmm. that that shouldn't be your goal. Mm-hmm. To so someone hard. who has, who, who doesn't know or believe what you believe yet. Right. So it's like, you have to approach it almost tiptoe yes. and be like, Hey, like, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Like, I think like we can totally work on you being strong or we can yes. totally work like you kind of have to like rewire like the verbiage around it but it's really difficult it's really difficult and it also you don't want to sound like like I have had to not turn clients away but I have decided to not work with clients because that mindset for them has never and it seemingly wouldn't disappear mm-hmm. and it was triggering for me Absolutely. Because I was like, okay, this is actually something that I really struggle with. So the more that you like pinch your skin and tell me that you need to do more cardio, it's like actually going to like make me feel like I need to. Right. So it's like a really fine line. It is a fine line. And I like same thing. Like if I have a discovery call with a client and if they're mentioning like, oh yeah, I really want to lose weight. I'm really struggling to lose X amount of weight. I still might accept that client depending on how firm they are. Like, Yeah, you can tell if someone's like open. You can tell if they're open. But also like I'm not willing to... And I'm not like anti-people wanting to lose weight. Because that's natural because we live in a fat phobic society. Yeah. Um, but I will not help you engage in intentional weight loss because I truly firmly believe that it's like unethical for me to do that Mm -hmm. because it's not help like what is healthy to Mm -hmm. like that's kind of like what so I might take that client on depending depending and then yeah just restructuring like their mindset of okay but why do you want to lose weight like yeah and let's get behind that Mm -hmm. one thing that Chelsea actually my past co-host used to say is like 
what people would be like, I want to get down to like 120 pounds or like have a number. A magical number. A magical number. And she's like, okay, so when you get to that weight, like what is that going to do for you? Yes. How's like how how do you think you'll feel? What is your, what is going to change about your life? What's going to change about your life? And exactly. It's usually like people actually truly just want to feel like loved and accepted. They want to feel confident, and mm-hmm. it's like okay, well, how can mm-hmm. we achieve that without focusing on the number on the scale? Mm-hmm. And literally... and something that I always say is like, if you make um, healthier decisions in that, like you're choosing to move your body you're choosing to eat whole foods, you're choosing to like incorporate new things, you might experience and see results. And one of those results might be weight loss. Exactly. And great. But it's not the only... But it's not the prime reason why you're choosing to be healthy. Why you're choosing to engage in those behaviors. Yes. Because like I have so many patients, so I do this program called um, Lifestyle Reset at... Uh, New Hanover Regional Medical Center and I have like presented to the staff that I work with that we do not weigh people anymore because it's a it's a medical facility they still feel like everybody needs to be weighed and for some heart patients they do need to be weighed for like fluid retention reasons and stuff like that but yeah um, I had a multiple the, the things that people would say about themselves before they would step on the scale were heartbreaking mm-hmm. and, and so triggering and harmful that I was like, this is one, not helpful to them. Two, I also had a couple people like not eat leading up and, and our program started at 5.30 p.m. So these people would not drink water. Like I remember specifically one lady was like, I didn't drink any water today because I knew I had to step on the scale. And I'm like, that's dysfunction. Like that, there's a disconnect yeah. here between like, why are we having these people weigh and they're going to engage in these behaviors that are not even healthy mm-hmm. because they're stepping on the scale. So like, let's throw out the freaking scale. Oh, don't even get me started on scales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's something that's going to trigger an unhealthy habit within you, like not drinking water, yes, then it's not a beneficial tool. Exactly. It's not a beneficial tool anyways. Yeah. There's no need to weigh yourself in my opinion because we know what happens when you see a number, if especially if you have that magic number in your mind, you think it's not working. Mm-hmm. Everything I'm doing isn't working. And it's mm-hmm. like, but let's actually break that down. Are you drinking water? Are you sleeping well? Are you moving your body in a way that is enjoyable and not like over-exercising? Are you managing your stress? Yes to all those things. You're going to throw all that out the window because that number on the scale. Exactly doesn't say and people are people do I did yeah it's it's hard and it's a hard the thing about this like what you and I do it's amazing work and it's the only way really Mm -hmm. like there's no way there's no other way in our in our eyes but it's challenging challenging. and it's hard it's a hard sell especially Mm -hmm. I feel as a dietitian because people come to me thinking that I'm supposed to have all the answers for their problems, like their health problems or something. And really, it's like, I don't have really any of the answers. Yeah, like I'm a support. Yeah. But it's in the answers are in you. It's within them. Yeah. And like weight loss sells. Yeah. What, like, 
I do and what you do doesn't sell very yeah, well. Yeah, it's hard to sell. It's hard to sell. <laughs> but when people are hurting and they're finally at that point, they come. Yeah, and it's so much more rewarding. It's so much more to, rewarding. I would rather have women leave a workout feeling like I can conquer anything that's that's a reward for me so much more rewarding than someone leaving being like I lost three pounds exactly exactly and it's like it's funny because people will come to me and think that they know what they want they think they need a meal plan they think they want all this structure they think they want weight loss measures or whatever as, a, as an outcome and then when I when I don't ask anything about their weight in my intake forms and when I actually talk like to them about how like actually we don't need to weigh their body language is like ah, relieved oh my gosh really mm-hmm. you know well even now like I don't I don't have a scale I threw that thing away in yeah. 2014 but even going to the doctor oh, like gosh. I I I ask them if I can turn around. I ask them if I can close my eyes. Yeah. I ask them not to tell me. Mm-hmm. I've even asked them not to write it on any sheet so mm-hmm. that I can see because I don't want that number to be like um, a compass for me. Right. But I still get anxious and have, um, if I didn't have the willpower that I have because of so much trauma yeah. to not look, I would look. Yes. I get tempted to look every time. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, it's so hard. And, and so many people actually don't even realize that they have the power to, to ask their doctor, please don't weigh me and please don't talk about my weight. Yeah. So like I have this form that I will give clients who want that. Um, as a, It's like a letter to their provider and talks about like, this is why I don't want you to weigh me. And it actually provides like evidence-based research about it. That's whether, cool. Whether they're going to read it or not, I don't know. But it's basically like, please don't talk about my weight at this appointment. If that's not why I'm here, please don't weigh me unless it's medically appropriate. This is new to me. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. I was just like, I just tell them, don't tell tell me. No. But I still step on the scale. You do not, you like never have to step on the scale. You can refuse to step on the scale if it's not medically appropriate. And you can also ask them like, what, why do you need to weigh me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I mean, I have so, it's, it, it's actually, it makes me sad because I have so many clients who have disclosed to me that like they will go to the doctor for something totally different. Yeah. And they don't want to go to the doctor anymore because their doctor will focus on their weight when they're not even there for mm-hmm. to discuss anything about that. Maybe, maybe it has literally nothing to do with why they're there. Yeah. And then what happens? Their doctor says, well, you need to lose weight. And then they go home and they Google how to lose weight. And then guess what pops up? The keto diet. Yeah. Whatever. 10, day, 10 pounds in 10 days. Yeah. Like, All these quick restriction fixes yes. that are not sustainable and not healthy. Mm-hmm. I actually, for the uh, for the first time in a long time, uh, and I'll put a trigger warning at the beginning of this so that we can like openly talk okay. about this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, for the first time in a long time, I had a client recently say that like her friend was talking to her about like a water pill that she took, mm-hmm. and I was like, I even forgot those existed. Yeah. And the fact that it's 2021 and people are still taking them. Mm-hmm. It's just the sustainability factor too of like, like you, these quick fixes are not fixes. And like you said earlier, they're not, they're not, well, one, they're not sustainable, but they're not the reason why, they're not the reason that's going to make you confident. Okay. 
the latest Glennon Doyle podcast. I don't know if you listen to her I love podcast. her book. I haven't listened to her podcast, but I, lo- I read Untamed. Okay, so she does, She has a podcast, mm-hmm. and I actually haven't listened to a whole lot of them, but this one was specifically about like why we are at war with our bodies and how to find peace. And, and she used to, she talks openly about having any, had, had an eating disorder. eating disorder. And one thing like that just popped in my mind from that podcast when, as you were just talking is like how it's not really solving the problem. They talked about on that podcast, it was just like such a good little nugget. It was like something to the effect of like, basically what, what we want is to feel accepted by society. And so we feel like we have to shrink our bodies to fit into this like thin ideal because that's what society makes us feel is beautiful, worthy, yada, yada, healthy. Um, and they said what might be a temporary relief on the outside is creating a lifetime of disaster. Mm-hmm. And so meaning temporary relief from feeling like you're going to be judged for your body size feeling, you know, a temporary relief as like, maybe I'm feeling more accepted. Maybe I'm feeling more worthy because that's how I perceive society views worth. worth. But if you're creating, if you're putting a bandaid on it and you're putting like, yeah, maybe there's temporary relief in that, but you're creating a lifetime of disaster Mm -hmm. of like mental turmoil. Yeah. That's so true. So true. It's like putting a bandaid on like a heart attack wound. Like, it's just not going to fix it. Exactly. Or it's like, I have patients who come in and they, maybe they did have a heart attack and they had like a stent put in, which is basically like a little, we'll call it like one of those, like, what are those? um, Chinese Chinese finger trap? Handcuff. Yeah. Yeah. The finger traps. It's like that where they like put it, like if they have a bunch of plaque build up in their artery, they go in and they put a stent, which is like a, reminds me of one of those Chinese finger traps. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like opens up the plaque and pushes it up against the walls of the artery so blood can flow through. Well, people will come in after that and be like, well, I'm cured. I have a stent. Like, I don't need to make any changes. That's a quick fix, dude. It's like a band-aid. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's necessary because they can't live without that, but that's not solving the problem. Right. That's a really good way of looking at it. But it's just so true. And it's, I just loved that quote from that. Like, you should give that one a listen. I need to it's listen. It's really um, powerful. Yeah. Um, so food for thought, yes, like we haven't even said the name yet. Yes, is foods Foods for thought thought. is your new business venture? Yes, yep. So it's a virtual private practice. Um, so I just I basically just do nutrition counseling, like one on one individual counseling right now, Mm -hmm. but I do have plans, big plans for the future, and I'm actually changing the name. Oh, you are, I am, yeah, because foods for thought. I love it. Um, one, it's hard with the S after food. Like, people always think it's just food for thought. I know, I just said it. No, it's fine. It's, like, so common. But then also, like, I just feel more in alignment and, like, vibe with the new name, um, which I can. I don't mind, like, sharing it. But Are I'm you changing, sure? Yeah, I really don't. I don't mind because I already locked it in. Like, okay. Already, it's already my business. Oh. Um, but it's called Tula Wellness. So Tula means balance in Sanskrit. And that feels so much more in alignment with like what my mission is. Like uh-huh. I want to help people just achieve balance in their life instead of like total disregard to self-care and health habits or overly obsessed with whatever, healthcare. Yeah. Health. You know, I want them to 
have a healthy find peace and balance and so that feels so much more in alignment with how do you spell tula t-u-l-a and there's an overscore over the u i love that and you know what else i love about words that people don't really know what is they might google it well, that and the, the it's a conversation starter. Yes. Like, what does that mean? Like, soul. People are like, why not, Why do you spell it with S-O-L-E? Yeah. Why do you spell it like that? Well, because... Fitness. Well, because there's a couple of reasons, but... And that's why I love this conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. I love like, that I, I spell it differently. I, I wanted it to be about a woman's soul, but honestly... I thought it sounded cheesy to call it like soul fitness. Oh, yeah. So I started Googling um, words that I wanted women to feel like no shame, unashamed, like yeah. all these things. Yeah. And then um, someone who's been on the podcast actually right now or recently, actually maybe it was last year. I don't even know what time I it know, is. Time. But her name's Veronica. She's a good friend of mine. And she was like, we're dishing out ideas. And she was like, well, what about like the soul of your shoe? Like yeah. soul. And I was like, oh, that could work. But I wasn't sold. I was just no like, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> I was just like, that could be like a cool pun, you know, yeah. like the foundation. And then like over your workout is your shoe. Yeah. And then like we can change the foundation of fitness for people. And then I looked up what soul, like just Google S-O-L-E. Yeah. And one of the synonyms that came up, the first synonym that came up was matchless. Mm. And I was like, that's it. Like I want every woman to feel like. There is no one else created like me. You're unique. I am unmatched, matchless. Like, oh gosh, I'm the only that. one. I love that. And I get to explain that now. I love when that. I, so it's Tula, same thing. Like, yeah. you get to explain, like, this is what it means. This is why balance is so important. This yes. is my story, or this is how I've seen it be done before, and this is where I want nutrition to go. Yes. And yeah. so I love that. It's kind of like when people have a tattoo that's like a different language and you're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. No, it, it just feels more me. And it's like, obviously I'm not going to like turn away like males that would want to come work with me, but like I, it feels like feminine to me mm-hmm. and I want to real because women just, it seems like women present themselves, like present with so much more disordered and out of balance behaviors. Than, yeah. And I know men struggle too, like don't get me wrong there like I don't want anybody to listen and think that I don't realize that and acknowledge that but just in general and then even like I think like an un like an unachievable expectation is more put on women than men not that men don't have like body image struggles and and their own list of standards that they feel like they need to meet but in the media and in I'm just society in general. It's everywhere for it's women. Everywhere. Yeah, even like my so my little sister, she's twenty one and she a couple of her friends came over. This is like maybe two weeks ago. And I mean, I don't know about you, but like I am so thankful that at least I feel like we're like in the same generation. You're like, what? How old are you? I'm thirty two. Thirty two. Okay, I'm almost thirty. So okay, yeah, we're the same generation. Same generation. So Thank God that we did not grow up with Instagram. Oh my God, I know. Can you imagine just like the... So so my sister and her generation like feel so pressured to like post the perfect picture. They'll get dressed up just to go take a picture for Instagram, Mm -hmm. but not in like a professional like promoting my business way. It's more like... Promote my body. Promote my body. And like she has... I've asked her before like, gosh, is that like... Do you feel anxious when you post pictures like that? Like, do you just feel pressured and anxious and they're they're they were all like oh my gosh yes and just the disorder that comes 
just like, especially in college age women, they were talking about how things can be so triggering without people even realizing. Mm. Like someone could be cooking um, like fried rice or something. Like one of their friends was cooking fried rice and their other friend came by and was like, I can't believe you're making that. Like that's so unhealthy. Mm. Or or they, they truly, It's like it's rice. It's rice. It's fried rice. And also it's, fried rice is so good. And also it's so delicious. Yes. <laughs> Get off me. I love fried rice. But like don't comment on what I'm making because that's going to trigger me to think, should I not eat this? And like it, it labels just, it as bad. It labels it as bad, and people don't realize how triggering so many things can be for so many people, dependent on like what's happened in that person's life. Right. But they also think so. My sister was telling me, and her friends were saying like that even when people will, if they're going out that night, they will purposely try to not eat dinner because they think it's going to make them look better when they're going out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like. One, that's not how it works. But two, you're going to go out for a night of like binge drinking. Yeah, and not with no food. With no food. You're going to get so much more like drunk, inebriated than you would have if you actually ate something. And also like that is not, and and they might be thinking like, it's almost like people will do anything at any cost to try to achieve that ideal. I cannot imagine. I mean, the pressure for us was high and we didn't have Instagram. In fact, funny story. (laughs) This is like nothing to do with body image. But when Instagram, I think it was like 2010. I was a senior in college. Okay. okay, So that's going to date me a little bit. But Instagram had like just, the app had just been like released or it was kind of new to the scene or whatever. Yeah, I remember like, what is this? And I thought it was like, um, like a filter editing app. I didn't know it was a social media platform. Because yeah. so, we had Facebook. Yeah. So I downloaded it and they'll, you know, you know, you, any account, they're like create a username. So I'm like, I have a profile, like a straight up profile. I didn't even know. So I would like, speaking of beer, <laughs> speaking of alcohol, <laughs> I, my senior year did this like study abroad three week thing in Puerto Rico. And cool. I was drinking a, a Corona on the beach, le- legal, senior. Corona. Okay. Corona. And I take a picture of my beer and I just put a filter on it. <laughs> posted it. And posted it and save it. But it, it's when you post it, it saves to your phone. So I was like, oh, it's just a way to save it. Like I was literally like, was like posting. Like didn't your... know that people could see, didn't know <laughs> oh, anything. No. But this is like what I did for probably a month on Instagram. Until people were like, just filters on like, like random <laughs> pictures. And I would like save the picture and like send it to my mom, like yeah. drinking on the beach or. And then like it'd be like, yeah, good thing you didn't like. I know, didn't do anything do like weird selfies. Or yeah, I know, I know. Um, this was like pre-selfie era, but I um, went back. Like, I forgot that I had done that, and I think it was like 2014 or so. I was like 25, and I was like really into Instagram oh, then. Yeah. I, I got the, the concept. You understood it, yeah. And I was like scrolling back. Like, have you ever like gone to your like first photos? Yes. So I like scroll back to my first photos, and I see like the most random <laughs> stuff, like inanimate objects yeah yeah and I was like oh I like delete 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 (laughs) literally that kind of stuff things I would like send to friends (laughs) and so I like went through one day and just like purged all these like um photos that I mean I can't keep up let's be real but now Instagram's like a way of life (laughs) it is well we're all like glued to it glued to it it's like a What's it called? Like a um, muscle memory. You open your phone and you hit Instagram. Oh, I do. Like, I do that too. Oh my Instagram. gosh. In the morning. 
the first thing in the morning. First I really morning. try and tell myself not to do that. I'm like, let's like set some intentions. Let's at least check the weather. <laughs> and then <laughs> Instagram. We check like the stocks first. Stock for market. Like, the news. Please pull up some yeah. other app for a some second. Adult. Yeah. Just so I look intentional. Yeah. Um, well, I think what you're doing is awesome. And I think like it's necessary for just paving the way for future generations like your sister Thanks, who yeah. are having to who are like being poured poured into in a very negative way with like every day without even realizing so much pressure yeah. and f- to be in an industry that is so pressure filled and to have someone like you who's taking that pressure away from people and like instilling true confidence is I mean it's God's work Thank you. you know it's like necessary Thanks. Yeah, it feels extremely fulfilling. Like I said, I've definitely, it is, even without being in like that weight centric um, community that I still work in, it still is feeling like it's like swimming upstream. I mean, it's like challenging truly an entire paradigm, like mm-hmm. it's challenging an entire belief system yeah. in people. Um, but I do think it is becoming more loud. Um, it's probably how I imagine in this like, is probably a little different but like in biblical times you know like Jesus rises from the dead and all of a sudden there's this religion called Christianity and people are like what the people are like this? no 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 Judaism like or we do it this way or we yeah. do it that way and then like these 12 disciples are trying to start like a church out like, of like a brand new religion yes. and everyone's like gotta think they're crazy it's it's very i i can so i see the parallel like yeah a thousand percent it's like this is the way accepted. we do it yes this is the way society is this we've is, always done it yes yes and now you're trying to start this movement yes that is bonkers it sounds crazy it sounds crazy until you start doing the work yourself and then here we are two thousand something years later and like the christian church is like the most common well, yeah i don't in America at least in North Carolina (laughs) well accepted religion out there yeah so it's just like we we don't get there as fitness and nutrition professionals like we just have to keep swimming upstream keep swimming because one day even if we don't see it our future generations are gonna see change that is to them it feels so normal you know and that's gonna be such a relief yes I really hope so. Like I said, I think, I mean, so much more work needs to be done. And it's like at such a system level though. Like, yeah. But just more people like you and I. We can just be those loud voices. Be those loud voices. In a, in a system that's. We'll be the Fruit Loops in a world of Cheerios. Yes. I love Fruit Loops. <laughs> we do. I like Cheerios too, but like Honey Nut. <laughs> like just the basic I add sugar and I a banana a yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but. well I don't know if by this time by the time this podcast comes out it'll be like beginning of September do you think that your name will be changed uh I think it's gonna be November okay so I'll put I'll put in the show notes a link to your current Thank Instagram you. handle okay and um so that you can follow her but know that Callan provides this type of support virtually so even if you're listening from not wilmington like hit her up up. and also she's she's a great follow like she posts a lot of really good um graphics that like better explain i guess 
just little nuggets. Yeah, little nuggets of truth that better explain like why we're so for this movement. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I I share it all the time on Soul, but you should definitely follow her just to like see it because um, it's really cool what you're doing, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, is there I is there anything else you'd like to promote before I ask you the last four questions that I ask every single guest? The only thing I could think of when. I knew you were going to ask me that question, but <laughs> I just put out a free guide. Yay. Okay. We can link that in the show sure. notes too. Yeah, it's just like a little, if you want like a little taste of what it might be to like, to work with me one-on-one, it's just a little free guide. It's called like a guide to a more balanced you. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I'm going to definitely put that in there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now four questions, which I'm sure you already know. So. I remember some of them, but I haven't really prepared them. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So good. It's good. going to be like, we'll see. It's still going to be kind of okay. rapid. Yeah. Okay, first question is, um, what's something that you're currently obsessed with right now? It can be a podcast, a book, a TV show, a food product, um, a workout movement. I don't know. Something that you're just movement, loving. Yeah. <laughs> you're like like kettlebells? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really binging kettlebells right now. I'm really into some KBs. Um, so besides like immersing myself in this and like just like relearning and unlearning and all of that, like I truly am obs- like obsessed. Yeah. My husband always tells me like he just has seen like this spark lit like lit in me and it's like really attractive to him, which is really kind of fun. Aww. Um, but besides that, like to be more fun on this answer, I am obsessed with. I got we got this frother. Like a, for coffee like milk? a coffee milk frother for our wedding. Mm. My best friend got it for us. And it's one of those Nespresso ones that you just like click the button and like it makes the most beautiful froth. And I'm like obsessed with frothing my coffee in the morning because mm-hmm. I love like coffee in the morning to me. If I'm not like rushing out the door to work is I just love to sip it slow. I love to like enjoy it and like, ta- like fully yes. taste it and like feel the texture of the froth. I'll be like in a like a counseling session and I'll be like drinking my froth and then I look at the screen and there's like a froth line <laughs> on my mouth and I'm Mustache. like, like yeah I'm just like I play it off we have an espresso we got it for Christmas yes so it's the same brand I think that yeah I and it it like makes the it has pods and you like okay ours are different thing, thing. we have like the pot you do the pods and it makes the coffee and it um does the froth at the top or yes. whatever and I I'm the same way with coffee, but during the week I'm so rushed in the mornings because I'm a slow to I'm I'm a late really early. I wake up really early and I wake up at the very last possible minute. So I save my Nespresso time until the weekends. And then you savor it. And I do like a just a curing during the week with like a situation like so I can get some caffeine and do my thing. But on Saturdays, mm-hmm. man, it's like a ritual. It is like I sit in that corner of my house, yeah, look out at the spot. look out at the thing, and yeah. drink my froth. So you I get the that. Lake. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. Um, so been binging that, I guess. Love it. Okay. Next question is: What's something you're looking forward to in the rest of 2021? In the rest of 2021, I'm just looking forward to growing my business and. I'm rebranding and changing my name and like have this other little niche that I want to, that I'm really going to try to be working with. And so I'm just excited to see what comes of that. Um, yeah. A lot of big things for Tula. Things. Tula. <laughs> I like that. I like that we did a, um, what's it called? You heard it here first or was it? Uh, not spoiler. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, kind of spoiled. Yeah, you heard it here first. You heard it here first, y'all. You heard it here first. Um, Okay, third question is if, uh, or what, actually, I'm going to save that one. What is something that you love about yourself? Something I love about myself, which I used to think that this was a fault, but I love that I, I feel like this is like a trendy word and I just learned it recently, but I feel like people are going to be like, oh great, she's just being trendy, but like I truly am what is considered an empath. So like your feelings are my feelings. Like when you are crying, like I think I actually was like with you when you were crying and I was crying. Um, like even, that was this week, y'all. <laughs> yeah, probably this week. Um, when my clients are struggling, like I, even though I am trying to remain like a professional and like obviously want them to feel safe, like coming to me with things like that, like I feel that in my body for them. And mm. like sometimes I will cry like with them. And I used to think that that was a fault or even just in general, like, in life but I actually am really proud of that and I like really enjoy that because I feel like it can help me truly like connect with others and even though I sometimes feel like I have like social anxiety like we all do and I can convince myself like oh you maybe you don't really like like hanging out with people all the time or something Mm -hmm. which is fine when I am with people and I'm connecting with people and I feel what they feel like that feels like I'm most myself. Mm. You know and I mean? it probably makes them feel most seen. Yes. And I Which think is like all we ever want. That's all we ever want. I think that's kind of what it boils down to. In, yeah. Even in like the whole nutrition yeah. and fitness world. It's like we just want to feel seen. Yeah. And loved. Like we're enough. I love that about you too. Thank you. Um, thanks for crying when I cried this week. Gotcha, girl. Um, <laughs> last question. Okay. Is if you could leave our listeners... Um, with one little piece of truth, one little nugget of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's women. It's women. It's women. What would you say today? I would say, number one, like your weight is not your worth. And I know that that's like been the theme of what we've been talking about, but like you are worth so much more than a number on a scale. Um, and to like a little tip, with just trying to change that mindset even though I know it's really hard especially like if you are someone who grew up in a family who like or in a society like makes you feel like you're you do need to be weighing yourself every single day um approaching your behaviors with curiosity without judgment like curiosity instead of judgment because when you are coming from a place of curiosity then you can be compassionate with yourself and like create awareness Mm -hmm. And then create change. But when, when you're coming from a place of judgment, you're create, that's when you create shame, guilt. You st- stay stuck in that cycle. And so just get curious. Like, why am I thinking certain thoughts about myself? Why yeah. am I feeling like this is my goal? What's behind that? Why did I just, whatever, why did I eat the way I just ate? Instead of feeling like judgment towards. Instead of being like, oh, I can't believe I just ate that. Right. Like. ask yourself a question ask yourself a question I love it I mean like even just to like swing on that there was a situation that happened last night like just to speak to the power of a mindset shift is and like triggers and stuff like that um so I was out to dinner last night with some friends from work and one of the girl two of the girls are engaged and one of them wanted to try on my wedding ring just to see what it looked like with her ring Mm -hmm. and 
I was like, oh yeah, like let me try on your engagement ring because I love her engagement. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, well, wait a minute. I don't know if like it's going to fit my finger. And her ring finger was like whatever size smaller than mine. And I, and in the past, and I even had the thought of like almost a slight bit of shame that like my ring finger size was bigger than her mm. ring finger size. And in the past, that may have triggered me to do something crazy tomorrow. Like, yeah. Oh, I need to overexercise. Actually, it probably or... would have triggered that. But when you're committed to truly like being kind and loving yourself and like coming from a place of like, what do I actually need or, or curiosity? That was a thought that came in my mind and easily left. Yeah. You were able to get it out. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's so true. And even Something that small. Yeah. Even think, talking about what we've talked about this whole episode of like, when you're in a scenario where you're at the doctor's office and there's a scale or where you're in a scenario where you're at the gym and you hear a, a, a trainer say something that's triggering. about weight or triggering, yeah. like if you have done the hard work of being curious and of being and of mindset shifts, mm-hmm. then those moments are less um, hurtful. They don't enter in. They don't stay. They yeah. stick. Yeah. They just bounce off. They bounce right back off. And that's where, like, the freedom lies. It's not that you'll never see these things or experience these things. Or live in a culture that we're surrounded by it. Around. Yeah. So. It's how you handle those moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's how you prepare your mind and your heart to handle them, too. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. I love you. This is awesome. Thank I mean, you. I told you it would be 45 minutes, but it's been over an hour. <laughs> but that's because the conversation was so good. Yes. All right, listeners, um, go follow Callan. I'll put her information in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.